In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leadership from around the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Org. Now, we don't only bring you thought leadership from around the world, but we also do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple Play to Stitcher to Spotify, and you can find us all over the net. And I invite you to also connect with me under leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what kind of subjects you would like to hear on this show. So if you're in a leadership position, if you're an entrepreneur, or you simply have an interest in business, listen to us each week, and we'll make sure that you take home something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. History has shown that in crisis, there are a lot of startups. Actually, a crisis can actually be a startup incubator. And some of today's biggest companies were actually founded during or shortly after the 2008 economic crisis. Companies such as Uber, Credit Karma, Slack, WhatsApp, and Groupon. But even if these companies were started and were successful, there were a lot of companies that were started and were not successful because starting a a new business is always a very, very big challenge. And there are lots of lessons to learn from the startups who were successful and from the startups who actually were not successful. And that's what we're going to talk about today with two experts in this field. Field. Our first guest today is Greg Shepard, and he is a 20-year startup veteran and a serial entrepreneur with 14 liquidity events under his belt, two of which were sold as part of a $925 million transaction that won four PE awards for transactions between $250 million to $1 billion U.S. dollars. He is a Forbes book author and has written over 100 articles published in 25 national and international publications. Greg is a TEDx speaker and a keynote speaker at universities, associations, and conferences worldwide. He is the host of Forbes radio show, The Boss Podcast, and has been featured as a guest on over 25 popular podcasts, as well as numerous 
network, and TV and radio shows. He founded Boss Capital Partners, a global syndicate for investing in tech startups worldwide. And he is the creator of Boss Business Operating Support System, an open source methodology developed to empower entrepreneurs while increasing startup success rate. And he most recently has been authoring a book titled Meet the Boss, the Agile Playbook for Startups. And our Greg is also joined with a second guest we're very fortunate to have today, Randall Lavo. And Randall is the CRO, founder of Boss Capital Partners and CEO of Boss Startup Science. Randall has over 15 years of experience developing scalable growth programs that range from exit strategy development to scalable go-to-market development. Randall has or was the CMO of Magento Commerce and helped position a $1.7 billion acquisition to Adobe. In addition, he started and managed a management consulting practice advising private equity portfolio companies on growth transformation. He has created and coordinated and executed startup growth strategies, programs, and campaigns for new customer acquisition and existing customer retention. Additionally, Randall developed and managed advanced startup development programs, translating innovative concepts into actionable strategy to enhance brand and product positioning and drive revenue. So welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is Greg. Yeah, okay. thank you for having us. So let's, let's kind of just start up with, um, you know, this kind of this, as the, the startup atmosphere that's going on right now. I read in the Financial Times, actually, they reported that they're, they're seeing a number of new businesses being started in, in some of the world's largest economies and in U.S., uh, U.K., France, Germany, Japan. Um, they reported that they, in France alone, in the month of October, there were 84,000 new businesses that were registered. So what's going on? Is this kind of, are we in a startup incubator here? Well, you know, it's interesting because the, what you said is exactly right. And so that aligns with the data that I found, right? So 4% of the people around the world have the ability to overcome financial hardship. And 98% of those people do it through what's called a windfall. So a windfall could be something like starting your own business, a lottery, or inheriting money. 90, or sorry, 75% of the people that experience a windfall do it by uh, building a business. So what you have is you have the, the makings of an incubator, right? So the, the soup of people out there trying to, uh, you know, all those people that are out there trying to think, well, maybe I should start a business, maybe I shouldn't, what should I do, this sort of thing. And then you see them getting laid off because of COVID, and then you see these people starting businesses. Like in the United States, um, if you look at the 31.7 million small businesses in the United States, 99.9% uh, are uh, U.S. businesses right now, and that's climbed, right? So that's 47.1% of the U.S. population starting businesses. So it's wow. absolutely, yeah. I mean, so you see a, a huge growth in in that. And, you know, the interesting thing, too, is that the uh, the startups so far have created 2 million jobs in the U.S., just, just in the U.S., right, which is uh, put together about $109 billion in venture capital funding. So, you know, and there's been more transactions in M&A this year than anywhere else as well. So, 
it's it's just it's you definitely <laughs> you yeah. definitely see growth in startups when you have a recession of in, of any kind. I mean, that's that's really interesting because isn't it kind of counterintuitive? You know, you think okay, we're in a recession, but you have startups. Um, um, or, or is it not? I don't no, know. No, <laughs> it's actually really logical because if you think, mm-hmm. if you're an investor and you are putting money, you, you, you have to put your money somewhere, right? If you mm-hmm. don't put your money somewhere, it actually loses money. So you have to at least break even with um, inflation. So if you're looking at COVID or 2008 or the dot bomb in any one of these scenarios, what you see is you see that investors aren't making the money that they could be making mm. uh, in the stock market anymore. So they look for other places to put their money. And, you know, when the government's, you know, put money into an economy, that's dilution, just like you would get in your stock, right? So yeah. the, the money becomes worth less. So now they have to make investments. But the best investments are startups because that's what's all around us. So that's one thing that, that sort of lines up on the money side. And on the entrepreneur side, like I said, you know, you have people that are out of work. And maybe these yeah. people have been thinking about doing something and now they're going to do it because they can't find a job. Okay. Yeah. It, then it does seem logical. You know, your first instinct is says, "Hmm, it's not logical." But when you think about it, you're right. So we we have all these startups um, going, you know, out there. We have this big incubator, but but uh, night, you know, a large percentage of startups don't make it. So what are the, you know, what do the percentages look like, and what are the chances of making it? I have a ton of data on this, but I can tell you that. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of conditions, but generally speaking about 90% of all startups fail. And, you know, when you look at why that's the case, you break it down. When we did the study initially, we broke it down by, you know, when they break down. So what you have is you have about 7.7 million startups in, in the first year. This is like last year's data. And within one year, you have 50% of those startups failing. Um, the data is all over the place, depending on the country, but typically the largest drop off is within a year after leaving an accelerator. That's not the accelerator's fault. Uh, everybody thinks mm-hmm. when I put the data out there, I'm throwing the accelerators under the bus, but it's not. It's it just happens to be that's the time frame that they can't get their second round of funding. They get their first round from the accelerator. The entrepreneurs don't perform. They can't get their second round. So then, what you have is you have post accelerator about five years before. The the other 40% uh, come off. So, you know, you have a, it it depends on the the data and the country. Um, You know, startup failure is most common with 11 to 50 employees. Um, Two in five startups are profitable in the first year. So, uh, you know, there's not a lot of profit there. And the failure rates, even though you have that 90%, you have these, you know, drop-offs like 30% in the second year. And you know, the other 40% by the fifth year, but it always happens in the first five years. And the, uh, the majority of them happen within the first year. Mm-hmm. So then what you do is you find out, okay, well, why, you know, why are these, are these folks failing? You know, there are reasons like ignoring customers, product without a business model, ran out of cash and everything. But really what it comes down to is the uh, entrepreneurs aren't doing a very good, these, these entrepreneurs that are failing aren't doing a very good job at understanding the customer, really understanding the customer. So that's the ideal customer profile and the persona, the ideal customer profile being the company and the persona being the person. You're not pitching a company, you're pitching an individual. And then not having a North Star. So not having a 
overall strategy plan for the whole business from the beginning all the way to the end, including out to acquisition. Uh, they lose investor confidence. They don't have a good go-to-market st- uh, strategy, and they have problems aligning their teams. So when we, when we put this data together, you know, you find things like notable cases of failure or weak founding team, 23%. Beat by competition, 19%. So most people are are worried about competition. Actually, competition is way down on the line. It, it's <laughs> most <laughs> of these people doom themselves. It's not because of some you know competition that comes in. So you know there's data all over the place. So considering you know when you talk about running out of cash, considering that the average uh, startup payroll is around three hundred and five thousand dollars. In the first uh, the first six months of getting uh, going, you can see, and the fact that it takes six months to hire somebody, you can see why they spend around forty percent of their working hours trying to do tasks tasks that they can't get employees to do, and then you have misalignment from team members. So, the the thing about understanding the customer is is really important. So. The, the number one reason why startups fail due, is due to misreading the market in some way, according to CB Insights. So there's a lot of data out here, um, but that's 42% right there. So you wow. really have to pay attention to your customer. You have to pay attention to making sure that your uh, investors understand what's going on and that your team members are aligned with your overall strategy. I divide functional areas into four, so shared services, product and engineering, and sales sales and marketing and service and support because they align with the uh, the value drivers of the company gross margin retention and uh, attachment rate mm-hmm. so that's that those are a lot of the really big reasons and when they happen mm-hmm. and and greg you've you know you've been studying this you have the statistics in your your head um, and you know this is pretty much generally across the line isn't it no matter you know what kind of market segment they may be in whether it's technology or services or whatever this is this is what you're seeing across all kinds of industries correct yeah this is this is everything um, mm-hmm. lifestyle you have a little there's some different numbers for lifestyle companies like restaurants and bars and things like right. that um, but entrepreneurs seeking capital, these numbers are across the line. I mean, everybody Present. has the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so based on that, you've studied this and you've come up with um, a program or, um, you know, kind of steps to help uh, entrepreneurs. And, and that's called, you know, the Boss Startup Science. And we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'd like to hear about, you know, what the observe, you know, how you've rolled these observations into some kind of support or solutions for startups. And we'll talk about that after the break. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for our listeners, we are speaking today with Greg Shepard and Randall Lavu. And Greg is the C- CEO and founder of Boss Capital Partners and president of Boss Startup Science. He is a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and angel venture capital investor with a legacy of building and running sustainable growth businesses. He's also the author of Meet the Boss, the Agile Playbook for Startups. 
and he is a TEDx talk uh, speaker. And Randall is the CRO and founder of Boss Capital Partners and CEO of Boss Startup Science. And Randall has over 15 years of experience developing scalable growth programs that range from exit strategy development to scalable go-to-market development. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Boss or reach out to Greg, you can reach out to Greg under www.gregoryshepherd.com. He's on Facebook under Gregory Shepherd and on LinkedIn under Greg Shepherd and also on Twitter under Greg Shepherd. And you can also find Randall at Randall at bossstartupscience.com. And Randall is also on LinkedIn. So please reach out to both of them if you want to learn more about BOSS. And with that, we're going to take a right ba- uh, short break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we're talking about startups and and how we can help startups be more successful than they are. And we're talking with Greg Shepard and Randall Lavu. And Greg is a CEO and founder of Boss Capital Partners. And he's a serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and an angel venture capitalist investor. And Randall has over 15 years of experience developing scalable growth programs that range from exit strategy development to scalable go-to-market development. 
And they have some very, very interesting programs that you could look at under www.bossstartupscience.com and under www.bosscapitalpartners.com. So um, before, we just kind of talked about the, the situation of what, where we are today and with startups and, you know, startups are kind of popping up all over the place. Um, and you've developed something called Boss Startup Science. So could you tell us a little bit what that is and why you developed it? Yeah, well, so, you know, over the years I've built, uh, I came from, you know, not no money or anything. And so my success was purely my own uh, doing. And so over the years, what I did is I kept track of my success and failures. I studied all the different operating systems that are out there like Six Sigma and Lean and Agile and so on. And then I also studied the Navy SEALs. I studied the uh, Air Force, um, went and interviewed the Navy SEALs, interviewed the first fighting wing of the Air Force, CIA, so on and so forth, fire department, police department. And I wanted to find out processes. I wanted to find out how entrepreneurs fail. And so I interviewed 1,200 uh, entrepreneurs and investors and then did about 120. Uh, there's about 120,000 uh, responses to different surveys as well as, you know, read into, let's, this took five years, and it was a group of like four people for five years. So it was a, it was a big study. Uh, when I did that, I had been using Boss myself, and I was using it so that I could build businesses and sell them faster and have less failure. And I decided at one point that I wanted to give back. So I wanted to give Boss to people as a way to help entrepreneurs. And so I started refining uh, the program around feedback that I got and created Boss Startup Science. And Randall, I think you should talk about what Boss Startup Science is. Yeah. <clears throat> so Boss Startup Science, I mean, you just look at the name. We, we've taken the art of developing, starting, growing, scaling, and exiting a business and turned it into a science. And so the, the core and the, the premise for how we've done that is by building the boss startup life cycle. And the boss startup life cycle is the traditional life cycle that a growth company takes on their pursuit of an acquisition. And what the life cycle does is takes into account the 90% failure rate, not only why those companies fail, but where they fail. So as you move through the life cycle, there are gates that you must accomplish in order to, to meet a level of maturity. As you achieve these gates, investor confidence raises, which allows you to raise your funding um, and your valuation raises, right? So this is a way to go from vision to acquisition by maximizing valuation, minimizing your delusion and avoiding the 90% failure rate. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and so Randall, um, uh, this this is a method that you're bringing to entrepreneurs or to startups and saying, you know, follow this, I, I want to call it system or the science that we've mm -hmm. developed. So, who, you know, is this method for every startup? I mean, who's this for? Okay. Yeah. Well, we have three flavors of this. We have uh, entrepreneur growth, those companies that are, are typically taking on investor money and, and ultimately seeking an acquisition. We have investor lifestyle, those that have uh, no interest in selling the business, but creating a sustainable business that they and their families can live off of. And then we have investor, um, right? So when we look at the 90% failure rate, <clears throat> that failure rate exists on both sides. 
if mm-hmm. only one out of 10, 10 companies is succeeding, that means that only one out of 10 investments is succeeding. So investors have this same problem. So by attacking all corners of it, we realized that we could translate some of the common problems that happen between investors and entrepreneurs. Uh, and we account for that in this startup science. So what we do with startup science is essentially blend the theory and education around growing and developing a great business, along with the tactical execution. So our boss methodology, which stands for business operating support system, is embedded within our education. So as you're learning, you're building an operating system for your company and increasing your odds of, uh, of success. Mm-hmm. And so you, I heard you say, you know, as you're building this, you kind of address some of the common problems. Okay. What would, what would some of those be? Yeah. So what we've done with the failure rate is more than just looking at why and when do companies fail, it's where they fail. And so we look at the, um, where companies fail across the four functional areas. And the interesting thing is in the startup maturity life cycle, the correct way to grow a business is not to begin all four functional areas at the same time. But as you mature and as you're hitting certain gates in maturity, you're bringing on different functional areas. For instance, your first functional area that you would bring on would be shared services. You need to set up your cap table, your finance, your HR processes. The second functional area would be product and engineering. You need to now and turn it into a product or service. And then the third and fourth would be sales and marketing and service delivery support. Now that you have that product, you need to bring your sales and marketing team on in order to execute your go-to-market and bring in ideal customer profile customers to you. And then you need to retain those customers. So as we look at the life cycle, if you're bringing on different functional areas at different points of your maturity and at different points of the life cycle, embedded within those functional areas are the reasons why companies fail. So with our prescriptive system, we literally uh, um, anticipate those problem areas and account for them very early on. There's a principle we use in boss startup science called beginning with the end in mind. And this allows us to build a vision and build a company to suit that vision, which helps us avoid that failure rate. So can, can you explain that a little bit more? Beginning, beginning with the end in mind. Um, why would you do that? Okay. And what does that mean? Absolutely. Um, in any journey that you take, the two most important inputs are where are you right now and where do you ultimately want to go? So beginning with the end in mind, we've really embraced that at BOSS. And what we do early on um, in our first phase of BOSS, the first level of maturity, is develop a North Star. And this North Star is used as a GPS uh, to plot where you are and where you ultimately want to go. And so what we do in this North Star is obviously identify our foundation, our current identity, and then we develop where we want to go, which involves identifying our ideal acquirer profiles and our exit strategy. And this is counterintuitive to uh, of the status quo or a lot of the way companies grow today. Most companies uh, grow at all costs. And then at a certain point, um, it, it's really, uh, I guess, a gut feeling. Uh, they start to look for potential suitors for an acquisition. Who could potentially buy my company? Well, then when they get to that point, they realize that they're not maximizing valuation. 
For instance, one of the causes could be only 50% of your customer base matches their customer base. Mm-hmm. So that other 50% that you worked hard to acquire and service and support is thrown out the window, right? So by accounting for that very early on, understanding your exit strategy and the acquisition conditions of the ideal acquirer your space, you're then able to take that exit strategy and bring it to life via your go-to-market. So you're accounting for all the validation points that your company would need to go through in a transaction from day one. There's an important transition that happens. The beginning of your inception, you're building a product or service to sell to a customer. At a certain point, that product or service becomes your company that you're selling to an acquirer. So it's important to begin with the end of mind and think about all the acquisition conditions and how I need to set myself up for a transaction. Mm-hmm. And and Randall, when you're working with entrepreneurs and, and you're going in there and supporting them um, with with this method, um, do you find that that you know they have actually thought about the the end at the beginning or um, or thought about their north star or is this kind of a, a new thinking for them? You know what what we see, and we we have the um, luxury of uh, being in front of hundreds, if not thousands, of pitch decks every year um, mm-hmm. at Boss Capital Partners, and so we see a lot of the elements um, that that go into pitch decks today. Um, and w- one of the the reasons that entrepreneurs fail is their inability to raise uh, capital right? Or running out of cash. And that could be their, their inability to raise that capital. Um, what we've seen is there's been an explosion in accelerators. Uh, there's been an explosion in startups. And as that explosion happens, the dilution of quality starts to take over. And so you start to see a, a almost a status quo in terms of how pitch decks are put together Um, how companies are thought of for their inception to their vision. And what we're finding is it's just not complete. Um, The information that entrepreneurs are are looking for is surface level information. And they're typically uh, lagging indicators, things that they're not able to measure the success of their business off of or change in an agile fashion quick enough, uh, you know, to overcome obstacles or or different Mm -hmm. market conditions. Okay. And, um, and just a quick question back on Greg on this, um, because, you know, to come back to your story and how you started it, you know, very impressive to really look at, you know, um, processes and, and um, you know, st- what has been successful. And when you did this, what, what was your intention to, to, to really kind of spread the wealth and help startups be more successful? Um, you're doing yeah, I mean, a lot I, of support. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to drop the failure rate. I mm-hmm. felt like, you know, over the last 10 years, and if you think about how long the whole startup ecosystem it has been in existence, you know, VCs and angels and all that, the last 10 years, the failure rate's been consistently 90%. So if you look at what's happened in the last 10 years from an iPhone to a Tesla, and this industry hasn't changed in 10 years, and then you look at the fact that the, you know, the percentage of businesses around the world that are uh, startups, and you look at how this is changing people's lives and things like Tesla and iPhone are coming out of it, um, you know, you think to yourself, this is something that needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was meditating at the beach and I was like, how do I, 
I spent three years in politics and I couldn't seem to feel like I was making a difference. And so I felt like if I just applied what I had already learned, then that could make a difference. But I wasn't sure because it was just my opinion, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to go out and verify it, right? So I yeah. spent five years verifying it, uh, you know, 20 years building it and five years verifying it and then started using it in our own investments. And, you know, everything that I have done with Boss has been successful. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, really, it's kind of hard not to be successful. It'll stop you before you get too deep and mm-hmm. reverse you and make you fix things that that uh, that could you know, give you potential problems in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was my objective. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a great objective is, you know, trying to drop the, the, this huge failure rate. And um, I'd like to, I'd like to go into that a little bit more. We're going to, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, I'd I'd like to, to explore, um, you talk about five themes that you've seen with startups, um, failure themes. And I'd like to explore what those five themes are and, and look a little bit more on, on the, the boss startup science and how it can help startups identify those themes and actually not fail. So for our listeners, we are talking today with Greg Shepard and Randall Lavu. And Greg is the CEO and founder of Boss Capital Partners. He's a serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, and angel venture capital investor um, with a legacy of running Bill and building sustainable growth businesses. He's also the author of Meet the Boss, the Agile Playbook for Startups. And he also is a speaker, a TEDx speaker. And Randall has over 15 years of experience developing scalable growth programs that range from exit strategy development to scalable go-to-market development. Now, if you'd like to learn more about Boss Startup Science, please go to www.bossstartupscience.com. And if you'd like to know more about Boss Capital Partners, please go to www.bosscapitalpartners.com. Now, you can also find Greg and Randall both on LinkedIn, on LinkedIn uh, under Gregory Shepard, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And Randall is also on LinkedIn. And you can reach Randall at Randall at BossStartupScience.com. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org to learn more about Cinda. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And today we are talking about startup success, and that's what I want to call it. I want to call it startup success because we're talking with two experts that help startups be successful. And our guests are Greg Shepard and Randall Lavu. And Greg is the CEO and founder of Boss Capital Partners. He's a serial entrepreneur, author, angel venture capital investor. And Randall has over 15 years of experience developing scalable marketing programs that range from rev from revenue marketing to B2B brand launches to sales and marketing alignment. And we're talking about a system that they have developed called the Boss uh, Startup Science. And we were talking about, Greg, we just heard from you that you started this whole program because you wanted to see the failure of of startups drop is what you said. So um, you do see failure and you, Randall, you see where we are startups and where the areas they are more likely to fail. So I'd like to kind of touch on that a little bit. I don't know which, you know, where are the areas that startups are most likely to kind of you know, lose their footing and fail? Yeah. So after we figured out uh, you know, when they failed and why they failed. We wanted to put together themes because it, it wasn't as simple as uh, it, it was very difficult to parse all this data. I mean, we're talking about, I don't even thousands of pages of data and then try to get it into a, a specific format. But the takeaways uh, after you look at this stuff long enough is you get the management team uh, is the first issue. And this has to do with misalignment. So this is a Really big issue. I call it the horse and the jockey also, which the horse is the product. The jockey is the entrepreneur. Um, the jockey's never ridden a horse before. The investors will bet on the jockey and not support them. So one of the big problems is the entrepreneurs not getting the support and not having the experience and then not getting alignment with their team. Mm-hmm. So like I said earlier, you have scenarios where, you know, the the founder of the team is telling people to do things it doesn't have experience he hires people that have more experience than he or she does and you know so you have a lot of issues that have to do with control accountability people not having the right swim lanes and bumping into each other it's 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 that is a an extremely common one the next one is the the most common one and and something that if anybody's listening this is the the one thing you really need to pay attention to and that is your customers the amount of data out there 
of entrepreneurs that have failed because what they do in the first version of their software is they go out and they get requirements and they have this vision or this dream or they're a subject matter expert and they build the product. And instead of doing a minimal viable product and then post the minimal viable product launch, building the product based on what the customers say, they'll just keep building the product based on what they think. And this is a very common problem. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur out there, what you need to do is you need to build the minimum viable product. And I mean minimal, but viable is also really important. Get it launched, learn from your customers, and then build what they want. And that includes pricing and what sort of features that you roll out, the UI, all of that stuff. The The next one is the what, what the North Star fixes, which is the exit strategy. Like Randall said, most entrepreneurs, in fact, none of the ones that I have talked to in the last few years have had an exit strategy. And a lot of this has to do with, uh, you know, drive-by, they used to call them drive-by businesses uh, in, in the dot-bomb era. And that's where, you know, somebody just builds a business to sell really quick and flip it because it's not, a, you know, they just want to get it, get it done. That's not what I mean. What I mean is to build a really good, solid business that the entire time considers the issues that have to do with the uh, with the the exit strategy itself. So the, if the acquirer, as an example, is after a certain customer because their customers that they already have that they've already paid for, you know, through their customer acquisition cost, is a certain ICP and persona, and you have sold a different ICP and persona. It's not like you go backwards without any hassle and rebuild your customer base. So you need to make sure that your customers are aligned with your with your ultimate acquirer. You need to make sure that your everything in your business, your software, your customers, and everything are in aligned with the exit strategy, which means you have to think about the exit strategy in the beginning, which is what we mean by mm-hmm. start with the end in mind. And you know, most of the time, a synergetic acquisition, what they're doing is they're buying your business to enhance their lifetime value. You know, so they've already paid for the customers. They have to grow their revenue. They grow their revenue by selling other products to the same customers. So you have to have alignment there. The next one is overvaluation. Uh, This is extremely common also. And the reason why is because a lot of times they get just bad advice. And, you know, so when you, as an entrepreneur, this is the best pointer I can give an entrepreneur is that if you're starting a business and you are not considering what the investor wants to get out of the business, you're going to have a big problem with overvaluation. So, for example, if you're selling a company right now, uh, and let's say you're around a funding value, you're valuing your company at $5 million. Well, the investors want two to five times that. So, really, what that means is at that point in time, when you're raising your business at $5 million, really, you have to sell it for $25 million. So if you don't, going back to the exit strategy, if you don't look at the exit strategy and understand how much you can sell your business for, you can get into a position of overvaluation. The -hmm. investors already count on nine out of 10 failing, right? They've already accounted for it. So to them, you're just another number. But to you as an entrepreneur, this could be your life savings, your family's investment, and so on. So it's very important to consider the what the investors want to want to get out of the business when you're doing the round so you don't get into overvaluation. Mm-hmm. And the last one, which is across all of these really, is just bad advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found uh, uh, sometimes accelerators or incubators or whatever will have people in there that are lawyers uh, and they're trying to earn business and um, they, they put them in as mentors and then they give them advice 
and lawyers tend to over-engineer stuff. Accountants <laughs> tend to over-engineer stuff. You know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes you have uh, consultants, right? So you have this yeah. consultant. Really, what they're doing is they're trying to earn business, and so the they don't sometimes get the sound advice. Oddly enough, the majority of the bad advice comes from investors. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs think, oh, the investor, they're the one with the money, so they know what to do. No, they don't. Um, most of these people have gone to business school to become hedge fund managers or investment managers or partners in one of these firms. They have not been practitioners. They've never built a business. Taking their advice is just not a good idea. You, you need to understand where they're coming from and get familiar with what their outcomes, uh, what their outcomes need to be and listen to them. But just taking their advice blindly is a horrible mistake. And it kills a lot of businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when when I think about yeah, I have to laugh about the lawyers and the accountants, but um, um, they always get a bad rep, but they earn it sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, you know, when I'm looking at these five areas, Greg, and um, to come back to to, to Randall a little bit, um, you know, in this in this program that you've developed, in this science you developed. Um, when you're looking at the four functional areas that you look at it in the in the startup science, are you then, Randall, at the same time addressing these as you go along? Yes, yes, exactly. So <clears throat> uh, boss startup science is in, intended to be prescriptive and stage appropriate. So if you imagine yourself as an entrepreneur, um, first of all, the startup science is delivered through a LMS or learning management system. So it's all via online. You could just access it using the internet. As an entrepreneur, uh, what you would do is you would take an assessment uh, before you began the course. And the assessment is based on plotting your company in its current state on the maturity life cycle. So as I mentioned, the maturity life cycle has gates uh, and stages that are under each level. The course and the curriculum is geared and tailored around each level of maturity. So as your company is growing, we advise that you take the certification course, prepare yourself for that next level. And what you're gonna do is not only learn um, some of the pitfalls, things to avoid, and just best practices generally of of a, a startup entrepreneur, but you're also going to be going through a series of execution tools. So BOSS, Business Operating Support System, Um, The reason that it became so successful is this is the tool that we've used inside our portfolios at Boss Capital Partners. So for 14 years, we've applied Boss to our startups um, and have had over 14 successful exits. Every single company that we have applied to Boss under our management has successfully exited. Mm -hmm. So what we've done is taken this process um, made it available during uh, through a learning management system. And along with the learning management system, we've built a network of coaches, um, subject matter expert advisors, and mentors that the entrepreneurs could have access to. Mm-hmm. So not only is the courseware prescriptive, you're also building your company as you're going through it, but you're also solving for one of the main problems and one of the themes, which is bad advice. All of our coaches, advisors, and mentors our boss certified experts um, have walked in your shoes, have been an entrepreneur themselves, and have faced an exit successfully. Mm-hmm. So just just to take kind of put that get that a little bit more concrete. So I, I'm going through the certification, and um, 
And during this, you talked, for example, like one of the the startup failures would be the um, management team, you know, misalignment, that kind of thing. And you, the functional area would be shared services. So maybe one of the first things you look at is the management team. And what you're going to do then is kind of guide me as an entrepreneur through this first functional area, which might touch on some of these areas, such as a team or such as HR that may may have a uh, have a, a, a dropout rate from an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Can you kind of explain that a little bit more? Yeah. So <clears throat> like Greg mentioned, we focus on, on the horse um, versus the jockey. And what that means is we're going to build up the entrepreneur's expertise and their ability uh-huh. to run the company. But as you're building a company, the, the roles exist independent of the people. And okay. one of the failures that entrepreneurs face is trying to bring in a specific person to solve problems that are much deeper rooted than that individual, right? Okay. There are, are two different types of people in this world. There are builders and there are runners. Um, a builder is someone who could start some, something from scratch um, and, and create a, a nice process and flow for people to follow. Mm-hmm. A runner is someone who's used to a corporate environment that could come into an already built uh, system and, and mm-hmm. run that effectively. Okay. Um, people will never be the, the answer uh, yep. to a lot of these problems, right? Yeah. It's focusing okay. on the role and the responsibilities. Of oh, the role. Good. So that so this is great. So as as an entrepreneur, then um, you're basically sharing with me all of the best practices that you've learned, and I can go through this program. Um, and how how do how would I do that? How do I go through the certification program? Yep. Well, we um, have chosen to to partner with Cinda. Um, and one of the reasons we've done that is, um, you know, the, the, the brand is very important to us and, and we're trying to, um, make a solution that's affordable and available to everyone, but is backed by some of the most reputable brands in the world. Mm-hmm. So for instance, we, um, have partnered with Forbes, uh, to write our book. Um, we've partnered with SM Covey, uh, the son of Stephen Covey from seven habits of highly effective people. Uh, people, the one who brought that training program to a a $2 billion plus program uh, to help write our curriculum. Um, Then, uh, of course, Cinda being the the largest and best nonprofit uh, association in Europe, um, we thought it was a logical fit. Um, So what we wanted to do is offer this program via an LMS. Um, We will be working with Cinda uh, to create a program specific for the entrepreneurs. Um, And it's as simple as going online and signing up. Great. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, this has been really great. I, I, I love chatting with you guys and uh, we're getting towards the end of the show. So um, uh, closing message for our listeners, Greg. Hey, I would say that uh, the <clears throat> it's really important to not have an ego. It's really important to be open-minded. It's very smart to look at the road in front of you, but learn from the past. So look at why other people failed, when, and so on, so that you understand what you're getting into, but focus on what's in front of you. Um, Boss Startup Science was built to help entrepreneurs with this entire process, all the way through the life cycle of a business. Um, and I just really hope that this uh, this cast and also uh, the information that's on the website is helpful for entrepreneurs around the world. Okay. 
Great. Thank you. And Randall, last word. Yeah. Um, you know, building a business uh, and becoming a successful entrepreneur is not about luck uh, or opportunity or timing. Um, we truly believe that there is a formula uh, to creating a sustainable and successful business that could drive towards an exit. Uh, and just so excited to share that with the market. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for, for sharing that with us. And for our listeners, we've been talking with Greg Shepard and Randall Laveau. And Greg is the CEO and founder of Boss Capital Partners, serial entrepreneur, author, speaker, speaker angel, venture capitalist, investor, and uh, just a great guy. And a great guy to help who wanted to help startups. And we really appreciate you, know, um, you investing your time and, and sharing your knowledge with us and with startups around the world, Greg. So thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. And uh, Randall, also um, great insights, a lot of experience. Thank you for sharing it with our listeners and um, really looking forward to working with you guys. And for our listeners, please do check this out. Go to www.bossstartupscience.com. Um, learn about their certification program. If you're an entrepreneur, it's definitely something you want to do. And if you're interested in Boss Capital Partners, please go to www.bosscapitalpartners.com. And if you'd like to reach out to Greg, you can reach out to him on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Greg Shepard. On, on a Facebook under Gregory Shepard, Gregory J. Shepard. And Randall is also on LinkedIn under Randall Lavo. And he can be also reached at Randall at BossStartupScience.com if you'd like to learn more about the program. So thank you also, Randall, Greg. Um, stay safe, okay? And, um, you know, look forward to working with you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Really, really appreciate it. And thanks to our listeners. Please tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. We have great guests. And if you miss us, don't worry because we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major podcast platform. And thank you. And until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.